Speaking speaking of healthy, I'm going to introduce our, <laughs> our second beer. <laughs> so this one comes from Platform Brewery. It's Caramelicious. Salted caramel, candy drapes, dark chocolate, syruping of delightful sweet stout, lactic sugared vanilla, creamed coffee, and cream brulee illusions float below the copacetic caramelicious surface. It's the first collaboration, by the way, with a brewery that Mally's has done. This is a complete collaboration with Mally's Chocolates, and it is a 7.10 on the Richter scale. Nice. <laughs> that sounded pretty seductive, Aaron. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, I have been looking forward to this one ever since you've referenced it. Oh, my Lord. This is a dark. This is way dark. This thing is darker than I think a Guinness. Yes, it is. Ooh, I can already smell the chocolate and caramel flavor, though, before even sipping it. So, Doug, Ma- Mally's Chocolate is like the the chocolate place here in Cleveland. So it's it's fused in our beer. That is amazing. <laughs> it looks like a looks like a Guinness. Yes, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's pretty dark. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Cheers. That is delicious. I can taste the chocolate and caramel at the same time. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's a drink and a dessert. Which I have to bring up because it turns out that Guinness actually sponsored over at uh, my local grocery store, Giant Eagle. They came out and gave us this really sweet glass. It's a Guinness glass. And get this. They did free engravings. So right underneath here, where it says Guinness, it says Bible over brews. That's awesome. Right? (laughs) Shout out uh, to Guinness. When the first Lord of the Rings film came out, uh, I think Hardee's had uh, like Lord of the Rings mugs. So that's when I'm, I still still have one, you know? Remember those? Oh, I've had, I had three of those. (laughs) Yeah, my camera's not very great. But yeah, I have, yeah, same. Nice, nice. But you know, so... That's awesome. I'm, I'm impressed that in my household, uh, I'm able to keep a glass intact for uh, you know however many years it's been since those movies came out. Right. Same here, brother. I had three of them, <laughs> and they've disappeared over the years, which makes me think my wife hid them. Or spirits. There's got to be a spirit in my home. <laughs> now, are you still doing Sam Adams right now? Yes. This is oh. my the winter lager. It's, okay. It's good. You know, it's, it's. Oh, it is great. It is good beer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, we've had we've had winter, haven't we? Gee, Manelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good lord, I can't get enough of this. Yeah, that's it's it's really something special. This one. Wow, that is seriously like drinking a dark chocolate caramel filled sweet. That is, it's not. I mean, it's not overly sweet. Yeah, right. But the flavor is amazing. Yep, and it's not bitter at all. Again. Thank you, Platform. Platform is an ongoing favorite of ours. They're uh, they're local here, but mm-hmm. they do collaborations, and every collaboration so far has been incredible. It has. Yep. So, Doug, if if I may ask, what was the most? I don't want to say <laughs> terrifying. Terrifying isn't the right word, but the most real experience of a physical manifestation that just kind of made your hair stand up. Well, I. Oh, oh, I have one. <laughs> Aside from the couple that I've shared. Uh, so once a year in our town, there is a psychic fair. 
Okay. Um, like a new age convention, new age. I call it psychic fair because there's a lot of psychics there, but mm-hmm. it's anime. Um, there's some witches who come, some gypsies, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, like sci-fi channel programming will come and it's just a convention. Yeah. Cool. Where they, they set up booths up. Yeah. And people go around. And uh, so I, you know, I'm not going to, I, I, every year it's been here, we, we've, Set up, set up a booth there. And the first year I, I um, called the owner, the, the person hosting it, someone we know, and said, hey, can um, we, our church set a booth there? And she said, why, do you want to protest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, no. I mean, you're, you're doing supernatural. We don't do supernatural stuff. We just, we'll do, we'll do uh, dream interpretation. We'll do prophetic encouragement, and which we call reading. They call readings. Readings okay. are just prophetic encouragement. Uh, but we call it spiritual readings because, you know, if you're going to go there, you need to use their language, not our language. Right. We didn't ask anyone, have you been washed in the blood? All right. <laughs> we um, we want to use uh, language that makes sense to them. So yeah. and also we did healing prayer. We, we did it uh, a few years in a row. They didn't actually have it last year. But the first year we were in some out of the way corner of the convention area, which was a mall where we wouldn't hurt anybody. You know, we wouldn't be offend anybody. The second year, they had us more towards the middle. And the third year, we were right smack dab in the middle of this of this convention center. And, oh. and that was that was last year. And I had uh, one of my team, uh, he told him he was a worship leader at our church. And I said, hey, bring your guitar. Or you're going to do some worship there right in the middle mm. of it. He's like, okay. You know, <laughs> and so he, he came for his, because uh, we, we staffed it over, over the weekend. And he got his guitar out. I'm like, start with Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. And he's like, all right, you know, Holy Spirit. You, I mean, you talk, are you kidding? <sighs> right. It was just this white presence is awesome. And people would came up for prayer and, you know, not everybody got healed. Um, we, or whatever, but at one point, um, the host invited us to a psychic meeting, a meeting of psychics. Cause when we would do spiritual readings, we, we were on, I mean, we, cause Holy Spirit is, he knows what's going on with people, and we would tune in and, and we'd minister to people. So my friend Jerry, who I mentioned earlier, he was there, and he and I said, I, I'm like, oh, we got invited to go to the psychic club. Should we go? <laughs> that's that's weird. And he's like, oh, we're going. I'm like, oh, no, no, Jerry, I'm a little bit freaked out, you know, because I'm not all that sensitive. I, I just, for me, ministry, Holy Spirit ministry is, it's really a stretch. I mean, it's, I'm not very sensitive to the spirit realm. And so, like, when I try to get a word for somebody, it's, it's a stretch. It's a risk. Yeah. 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 Faith is spelled R I S K. Faith is a risk. And you you think Elijah, when he poured water on the, on the, uh, on the altar was taking a risk. I want to call down fire from heaven, but first let's just soak everything with water. Cranking up the risk. Right. Oh yeah. Like what else are we going to do here? Let's, let's just, you know, let's just make this as wet as we can. And then we're going to call down fire from heaven. Right. Cause it's not on us. It's not us. Right. It's, it's, it's the Lord. Either he's going to show Sometimes we put ourselves in risky situations and if God doesn't show up and he doesn't always show up, we look like fools, but Hey, I can be a fool for Christ. You know, it's embarrassing, but whose fool are you going to be? Right. So Jerry's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we're going to go to this meeting of psychics. Okay. (laughs) Um, And that was, I was, yeah, I had a little bit of fear there. And we went in 
and they knew we were the Christians. <laughs> Why are they here? Like we're just here, you know. And so they, people <laughs> went around the room. Well, I'm a witch, you know, and I'm a, I'm a psychic, and I do readings. I'm a witch, and well, we're, I, uh, we're here. We represent the Father. Uh, we believe that the only way to the Father is Jesus. So we're here as His representatives, and we're just here to show the Father's love. And we know that Christians have given you guys a lot of hate, and we're here <laughs> to apologize. It's mm. called apologetics. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and nice. uh, and we're just here to show that you know we love you. God loves you. That's why we're here. And wow, talk about ruining a convention. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we have received a lot of hate um, at that at that at that very convention. So I, that was a. I, all I can say is, going in the room, it was dark. Mm. It was dark. And later when we left. Um, I was exhausted, and, and Jerry uh, told me, "Yeah, no, it's you are constantly being bombarded. You were surrounded by s- stuff, and you were just like compressed. The darkness was compressing around you. And as soon as we could leave, it was like a balloon. Like uh, uh, I could just relax, and uh, <laughs> you're not even aware that uh, you know it's like when you're in a fight, right? And if you're yeah. being surrounded by people who are punching you, you're just like I don't have my guard up." You know, and I'm not letting it through, <laughs> through. But when you're done, it's like, oh, now I can be, the bruising comes and now I can relax. It was exhausting. Was, was anything dramatic? Well, what was dramatic is we ended up ministering to both, to two of them. One of them had their knee healed. And uh, the other, I was just, I was just sharing God's love. I was acknowledging that, yes, I understand that you received hate from us. And one of the psychics <clears throat> who came to our booth, she didn't know we were Christians. Um, she came, she, I, 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 I would like to get a reading from you. I'm like, okay. And I looked at her and I, I said, well, I, I said, what we said to all of them, we, uh, we believe the only way to the father is, is Jesus. And so we're going to ask Jesus to, 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 um, sh- show what we have, what he has for you. And I, so I just waited and then I started crying. I, I said, I, I just, you've received so much hate from Christians and that is not God's heart. That's not God's heart for you. God's heart for you is love. There's, and the people, and I apologize that the people who are supposed to show God's love have shown you hate. And she started crying. And and I had some of the words for her uh, from the Lord. I don't remember what they are now. but And she's like, you were right on. And she was sobbing, and I'm crying. And and, um, and I prayed for her, you know. And, and she's like, well, I guess I needed to hear that, you know. And she went away. <laughs> she's like, that was right on. That, that, was, that was a good reading. She came back out one from and a reading from a woman on her team. And same thing, God, I don't know what happened exactly. Um, but we had salvations there. We had a, a kid who came and wow. minister, we ministered to him. He came back and said, I want that. I want that. Mm. And um, so it's, those things are, they're intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, someone who came up and he said he worshiped Thor. And and he did worship Thor. Which Thor. Uh, one of them in the one one of them in Germany. I don't know. I, I Jerry knew it. I was like, oh, I was just wasn't sure because there's like the original Marvel comics Thor and there's the Disney Thor and then yes. You know, so. Oh no, yeah. I mean Thor. Uh, he was. He said, I I take punishment for Thor. He said, I you know, and I I oh. I want to help people. I want to help people, and I get beat up because I want to help people. Mm. And we said, you know, our God took stripes so we could help people. Yeah. He doesn't make you take stripes to help people. 
doesn't mean we don't get doesn't mean we don't our look my body has bore wounds for the gospel that, but that's not what he was talking about we're trying to minister like show that that is we'll we'll take wounds for our king mm-hmm. but our king doesn't make us take wounds to heal people you know, that, that sort of thing and because people new agers will say you know i'll heal you but i'll take the pain onto myself no that's not how it works right all right if, it, healing might not come but if healing does come it's not going into me it god's just the kingdom's coming right and that's so anyway he he got freaked out and he uh, had we had a word for him he got freaked out about it and he didn't come back hmm. we're like the lord's after you the Lord Jesus is after you. And you have to understand that, yeah, Thor's real, but the Lord made Thor, and Thor's in rebellion. So why would you need, Why would you serve the rebel when the king is here? Right. You know, so it's just, mm. you know, that's not fire and brimstone. That's not judgment. That's love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, he didn't get saved then. I don't know if he's saved now. But God loves pagans. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He, he loves witches. Oh yeah. Well, it's 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 funny you say that because there was a um, Penn Penn and Teller, uh, Penn from Penn and Teller. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was he he actually genuinely appreciated the fact that a Christian came to him out of love and gave him a New Testament, and uh, he went on to to say how much he appreciated the fact that. Even though he's an atheist, uh, the person approached him in a meaningful, loving way to give him a New Testament and, and tell him that he was genuinely worried about his soul. Um, mm. that, that, that meant far more to him than somebody coming forward and, and saying anything ill towards him. Mm. Right, yeah. Oh, I, so as um, we were talking, you asked earlier about a dramatic, terrifying story. One just came to mind. I've had a lot of stories, but it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> we, we were, we were invited to do a house cleansing, um, at a little town near here, my wife and I, and oh, I have two stories. Which one? Well, we've we to the house you both. And, my, and we ministered the gospel to the family. They were, it was a, it was a poor family. And an abusive relationship where the woman was the abuser mm-hmm. to the man. And so we we're trying to minister the gospel to them. And I'm not sure we didn't have a lot of success with it, but then we decided to go through the house anyway. And I had a seer with me and we went to this, the laundry room and it was just, you know, it was the goosebumps. I'm like, Oh, there's something in here. You know, the Holy spirit came on me. I mean, I said goosebumps, like it was such a negative, negative thing. But the Holy spirit came on me. And I felt the power of God. And then I was praying in tongues. And I, I told the guy who was, um, I said, I'm going to start praying in tongues. It's going to sound weird, but I need that power right now because there's something in this room. He's like, oh, I know. I can feel it. You know, mm-hmm. and I was praying in tongues against the thing. And and then it retreated into the attic. The, the attic entrance was there. And uh, the seer who was with me said, I see a cl- I see the claw. I saw, she, she saw a claw. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go chase it in the attic. So we, you know, we brought the, thing down i climbed up do you have a flashlight or something so i I climbed up in the attic and i kept going after the thing and i realized the lord uh i was having not having a lot of success and and i i went to the lord and i said um what's going on and he's like oh it's it's 
it's a, it's, it's a watcher spirit. Okay. It's, it's, it's not a demon. Mm. It's a higher order spirit. Demons are easy to deal with. So it's a higher order spirit. It's okay. like a, it was like a local, um, it, it was like a local principality, That's a small one. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was and just I'm like, Oh, that. in that case I have to change tactics because you go after demons, but we don't have authority to go after the watchers or, or the principalities. So in that case, mm. I went to the Lord and I said, Oh, the Lord rebukes you. Yeah. The Lord rebukes you. I don't rebuke you. Uh, Heavenly Father, this is yours. This is yours. And God, will you cast this sucker out of this, this room? Will you break the spirit? And what, I, what the Lord revealed to me was it was a, a drug spirit. It was in charge, it was in charge of the, the drug use in that town. Hmm. And, and so we were able to, the Lord drove it from that house, but he did not break the power over that town. And what, what needs to happen, so, so the house was clean when we were done with it. Um, what has to happen, though, is the churches in that community need to unite and pray and ask the Lord to deal with that principality and break that spirit. I'm telling you, if churches can unite and go after these local principalities, mm. you'll see revival that's what happens. That's, where, that's how revivals happen. They don't happen from a good preacher coming to town and putting the tent somewhere and you pray. It happened from, or from preaching. It happens with prayer. Christians getting in, in unity in our homes, wrestling in the spirit, asking the Lord to bring it. We yeah. don't bring revival. We don't deal with principalities. Salvations, the Lord does. And if we can... You know there there are different uh, there are different principalities over different towns. I think some of them are tied to the Masonic lodges, for instance. Mm. Well, how do you deal with that? <clears throat> you can't don't pray against it. No, we don't have that authority, but God does. And so we we go to the Lord and say, Lord, we want you to move. We want you to break this thing. And when it happens, that's when revivals happen. That's when people tons of people get freed. And you, you'll see uh, people get free of drug of uh, of drugs, for instance. Anyway, it's awesome. God's Good. awesome. So that That's... that was the freaky situation, and the Lord totally moved and and set that home free, and uh, the people experienced some some uh, some freedom there. But they didn't go all the way, and we told them we told them if you don't go all the way, give your whole life to Jesus. Um, so what happened is um they they were not married, and they ended up breaking up, and the the the, the man became a Christian, mm, okay. but the woman went went back to the new age. So. That happens a lot, um, you know. And you think about it: you have a, a couple who's living in sin, right? They weren't right. married, they weren't committed to each other, they weren't in a covenant relationship, and so that sort of thing brings it. Just does it brings spirits. My wife once, um, she, um, we had some friends who were ghost hunters, and they uh, they went to a house and, and a demon manifested on the woman, and so they called my uh, the the woman who's in charge of the ghost hunting called my wife. She knew that um, Amy has power. Because she knew Amy was a Christian, and so Amy and um, a friend went to that house, and they went through the house, and they realized, oh yeah, it's dark, it's dark here. Uh, let's let's get some armor, let's get some more people, some, and then we'll come back and we'll do it properly. And they didn't want to; they fell over their heads. But before they left the house, they went to the homeowner or the renter. Actually, they were college students. Went to the renter, and uh, before they left, they said, well. Our, our church taught us the seven most powerful words. Can I pray for you right now? 
can I pray for you? Can I pray for you right now? And uh, to, before they left, can I pray for you right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, they laid hands on her and they said, Hold, and then we asked the Holy Spirit to show us how to, Holy Spirit, come and show us how to pray. Instantly, she said, the woman's head went back and she said, we are they that dwell within. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Amy's like, uh-oh. Well, we can't, I, I just wanted to bless her, you know, and like, well, we can't leave now. And <laughs> Wow. Um, like Legion, right? Yes. We are they mm-hmm. that, there were three of them. Well, I was someplace else. I couldn't actually get there. And Amy texted me. She was supposed to pick me up somewhere. I was like an hour away. And she texted me, we're doing deliverance. It may be a while, you know. And it was. It was a couple hours where they stayed with that woman. And she was uh, throwing up Um, and uh, was shaking. And they just would, one of them would pray. And the other partner would pray in tongues quietly. We would like assist. But one of them led. That's what we did. And when we do this, we do with our eyes open so we can observe what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um. And uh, they, the, the woman experienced a little bit of freedom that night. But then they said, uh, when things calmed down after an hour, I mean, she hurled, right? And that happens sometimes. What was interesting, by the way, is the, mm. the team, the ghost hunters were there and they were recording it. Mm. And I have some of the recordings later and it's the most chilling thing. I'll never put it on YouTube or something. I, I, I can't stand that when people put a deliverance <laughs> on YouTube. Right. Okay. Right. It creates fear. It does. It gives glory to the enemy. Mm. It creates skeptics. Yeah. It's it. Christians, stop it. You see someone speaking in tongues, don't video it and put it on the internet. That's like, <laughs> someone asked me that. I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Will you record yourself doing it? I said, no, that's like asking me to record me making love to my wife. It's like, stop it. Right. It's between me and God. It's none of your business. It's right. way too intimate. Right. To be, I don't even like showing worship sessions on... I, I, what what are we doing? I, I like, agree. Let's, yeah. I agree. Let's stop being what, what, stop being so voyeuristic. Yeah, of showing how holy we are by worshiping the Lord, and let's just bring people so they can be worship the Lord too. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just can't stand how voyeuristic Christians have become in our society is. But so you know, I have I do have recordings of it, and it's chilling. Yeah. Um. But they so they set up an appointment. Here's the thing. We are we can be in tr- We don't have to do it all right then. Right. So they delivered the woman of the one spirit, but they felt like there's two more there. And they set up an appointment and they invited some other Christians who had more experience in this down to lead the way. And, and we were going to do it at our church. And, and also the, these other people who I actually have a chapter where I interview them actually in, in the book, um, just real experienced deliverance people. And they're just awesome. And that, but that's not their ministry. They're just Christians who do deliverance, right? They, yeah. they just, mm. not, they don't have a deliverance ministry. They're just, it's just that someone comes to the church said, well, it's someone in the house. They, they grab that couple and they, they send them because they're really good at it. Um, but they came to do it. And uh, again, so what happened is there was a man and a woman and they weren't married. They're living together. They're college students. The man had been in the army in an Iraq. They had done animal sacrifice, animal Ooh. sacrifices in Iraq. Oh, wow. While they're in the army. Wow. And he realized, I think I brought something. I think that I think it's just tied to that. You think, don't wow. do animal sacrifices, okay? Just don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ouija board's bad enough. I mean, come on. <laughs> anyway, he repented. Anyway, so he actually became a Christian. He gave his heart to the Lord, became a Christian. It was all in. She, who uh, was a nominal Catholic, um, did not. She uh, was freaked out about the whole thing and chose not to go all the way. Now, maybe she is now, but again, we you can't force it. 
Yeah. You, you yeah. can only take people so far. They have to make the, it's not, and it's not us, right? right. Who knows? Maybe we, they planted some seeds. Maybe later she did. We are just one part of the journey that people have. We're not responsible for people's salvation. We just get to cooperate with what the Lord's doing, right? So, so I've got a question for you on that because um, you, you've related um, the, these uh, spiritual aspects and these different yeah. spiritual gifts. Um, yeah. and, and you even said that uh, you yourself are not that sensitive to the spiritual realm. Right. Uh, is it possible... I don't know how to put this. Okay, so in my old house, this is before... I came back to uh, a committed relationship in Christianity. Um, for those who don't know my background, I, I was born Catholic, uh, born to the bap- yeah, baptized into the Catholic Church when I was a baby. Um, then we left before I was eight years old, uh, went to the charismatic churches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then because of my rough childhood, without going into details, go back to episode zero for that. <laughs> um I came back to Christianity, but the weird thing, I've never understood this, the weird thing is that spiritual presence, for some weird weird reason, seems to go away whenever I've been present. And before I was even back in the Christian faith, like my, the original house I owned on, uh, over in Ohio City, on you know, West 47th Street. Um, my Even my sister, my ex, my sister, and my ex's uncle all lived in the house with me at the same time. And when I was working, um, my ex, her uncle, and my sister all would tell me that whenever they weren't upstairs, which I lived upstairs, everybody, my uh, my ex, uh, without going into details, my ex and her and her uncle stuff, usually lived downstairs. But, um... They, uh, all the doors would start opening and closing, and people would hear people walking around upstairs. And so they knew there was a presence there because doors would open and slam, and people would walk around. But every single time I would arrive home, it would just it would stop. Mm-hmm. I never experienced anything there ever. Mm-hmm. My sister did, and, and, and my sister would tell me that things would happen when I wasn't there. And I would get back and nothing. It would, it would just go away. I've mm-hmm. never understood that. It, it, do you have any explanation for that? So, so spirit, spiritual beings can see spiritual things. And they know when a fighter's coming. Remember when my friend Jerry walked in the room and the kid said it left when you walked into the room? Okay. They're not going to draw attention to themselves and get you fired up and figure something out. They can see destiny. This is why spirits attack mm. Uh, mm. kids who are sensitive to spiritual things. They, they, this is why kids who have a calling on their lives, the enemy can see it sometimes. Okay. All right? I mean, Interesting. The enemy can see it. And so they go after them because they want to turn them to the new age or they want to deflect them. And so if you walked into a room and you started seeing things happening that are weird, it's going to tick you off. You're a fighter. <laughs> right. I mean, a physical world is a manifestation of, of your calling. You're a fighter. You don't, I mean, what would have happened if you would have saw something like that? You would have been mad. You would maybe you would have become a Christian earlier. Yeah. Maybe you would have gotten, uh, 
gotten a hold of some friends who know and and I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The okay. enemy knows when the enemy attacks. So sometimes the enemy shuts up hoping not to get noticed. Okay. Keep someone in sin. I mean, sometimes you you, you see people who are making advances in in the kingdom do they they experience a lot of spiritual warfare. People who are just sinning like crazy, sometimes they don't. Mm. Why? The enemy's got them. Mm. And okay. they, then they turn to the Lord, and then there's resistance. Makes sense. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it, it, we're in, we are in a, a conflict. And, you know, if, if you have a, to use a, a war analogy, if you have American troops and you have a couple of Al-Qaeda terrorists off in the distance, <laughs> they're going to be quiet because America has a lot of firepower they can bring to bear. Right. You know, you, you just don't want to, I mean, you just don't want to tick off the United States. They might come and bring democracy to your country, you know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a joke. Nice jab, nice jab. The enemy, you know, that's why I think what's going on. Okay. Um, okay. You had a presence about you. And then he's like, oh, crap. Quiet <laughs> down. Let's create fear when he leaves. But let's quiet down when yeah. he's here. Okay. We can, get him a, we can get him a different way. We'll keep him from the Lord a different way. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the enemy overplays his hand, we say that a lot. Um, and C.S. Lewis's uh, Screwtape Letters. Have you mm. read that? The oh, yeah. Letters? Beautiful, beautiful book. So just for in case for the, uh, the viewers or listeners – he he imagines a higher order spirit, demonic spirit, writing advice to a lower level demonic spirit, and uh, about how to keep someone from becoming a Christian. And then whenever the guy goofs, the demon goofs, and the guy becomes a Christian, he overplays his hand. Right, the demon does, and then the person becomes a Christian. And then he's like, well, here's advice. Here's how you, here's how you lead him to not be a very effective Christian. You know. It's a, it's kind of a chilling book, but yeah, it I is. Mean, but C.S. Lewis had a supernatural mindset. He did. So he could he could think like he could think like that. And it's a short book. He, he said he didn't want to think like the enemy too much. You know, that's mm. it, not healthy. But I think that's what happened. I, I think that's what happened. I, I've been told as well that when I've entered a room, the atmosphere has changed. When I was born in ministry, <clears throat> and I'm using that as an excuse. Because if if I if atmosphere doesn't change when I enter a room, then maybe my my spiritual disciplines need to be worked on a little bit. Mm, interesting. We are image. We are holy ground. We are the temple individually and collectively. And when Amen. we walk into a room, the enemy better notice. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. Um. It, what you brought up earlier, I found so fascinating about the principalities, about, you know, now, now we're talking about spirit hierarchy. Yeah. You know, different levels of different spirits, demons. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a movie with, um, that kind of, you know, puts it to film what you're talking about there. It's called Winter's Tale. Have you ever seen that with... Uh, no. Will Smith and Russell Crowe? Mm, no, I've not. It's a fascinating movie. It's, it's about this demon. I think it's played by Russell Crowe, and he's chasing this guy. I can't remember the exact plot or the storyline, but why. But he's the demon, but Will Smith is like the higher, uh, 
I I think he's referenced as the devil or Satan in the movie. Okay. And Russell Crowe goes to Will Smith for permission to go after him at a certain territory. And Will Smith stops him and says, no, that is beyond our power to go after him. Interesting. It's fascinating. But it, it totally reminded me of your story. Yeah. Uh, of what you were saying about, you know, when you saw the claw and then mm-hmm. you, you knew that this, this spirit had sovereignty essentially on Earth over this territory. It, it, that's fascinating. There's, yes. There's only one. This is the first time I've ever gone on record actually admitting this. There's only one actual spiritual confrontation I ever had. I don't think I've ever said this before publicly. So, hey, here's a, here's a new one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in the same house uh, over in West 47th. Again, I never experienced anything in the house. But because I'm an insomniac, and I believe in health and fitness, <laughs> I would, I would uh, throw my overcoat on, and I would just, just play walk. I would walk for a half hour, sometimes an hour at night, just to burn off my energy so I could eventually fall asleep. One night, and it only happened one time, just one time, I was walking, and the entire time I was walking, I could feel something following me. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't anything on the ground. I knew it was something in the air. All I, could, I, I knew it was something looking down on me. And the entire time, I just the whole time I'm walking, I could just feel it just staring at me. Until I finally, I came just short of my house, and I stopped, and I turned around, looked up, threw my hands, I said, what do you want? <laughs> and mm. it never bothered me again. Mm. I, 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 I don't want to say I threw a complete challenge out there. I honestly was like, you know, what are you looking for? What do you want? But I acknowledged it, and never again did I ever feel its presence. Wow. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it was, it was like, oh crap, I got noticed, you know, and then just backed off, or what if there was an assignment? I wonder if, if the spirit was like, I wonder how sensitive he is. Let's find out. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I mean, these things, these things have assignments. I, I was once in the, in this room. I had it configured differently. Um, it was a home office. I, I don't work from home anymore, but I was working from home. And I had one of the, a student in my youth ministry came over and wanted to talk about something. And um, I'll I'll tell you what she wanted to talk about um, after I tell you the story. But um, <laughs> I was I was typing an email or something, and she, I said, "Just hang on, you know." And and she she said she said she was a seer; she could see clearly in the spirit room. And she said, "Do you pray over your house?" I said, mm. "Yeah, of course, duh." <laughs> and I looked up. I said. Uh, why? She said, there's a spirit in the, in the tree. It tried to get in and it couldn't. I'm like, that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. I'm right. Like, yeah. Right. You know, yay <laughs> Jesus. Right. I'm like, really? Is it still there? I said, yeah. I guess. And so I went, in the name of Jesus, done. You're, get out of this property. You know? <laughs> right. Um, anyway, this student. Um, and yeah, this, this goes to not everything, what might be a sin for you may not be a sin for someone else. Mm. Uh, the student had, um, we prayed for her a lot cause she had terrible nightmares, horrible night attacks, horrible night attacks. And just, we're just like, we did all the techniques we could think of, set your mind on things above, watch what you're watching on TV and just prayed and just, just had no luck dealing with her nightmares. Mm. 
and uh, she came over to my office and we're talking about it. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. It was her obsession with Harry Potter. Mm. As a leader, I could not tell her, you need to get rid of Harry Potter. Because she loved Harry Potter. Yeah. That would have been a law. That would have created an imbalance, a power imbalance, and it would have created rebellion in her. Instead, I said, oh, there is something, there's a magnet in your life. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal you what it is, and then get rid of it. She said, okay. So then she came back a week later and said, I found out where the magnet is. And I smiled. I said, okay. She says, Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. I said, wow. And she said, you knew. <laughs> I said, I knew, but I couldn't tell you that. She said, I said, what'd you do? She said, I burned it all. I said, wow. She had a ton. She said, specifically, it was a Harry Potter magic wand. Oh, okay. You know, but she said, I went and got rid of the books. I got stuff off my computer and I just needed to do something else. I'm like, and am, I, am I saying Harry Potter is a demonic manic for everybody? No, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but it was for her. Mm -hmm. And at one point, again, it's like we're trying to figure it out. And then finally we're like, why don't we just ask God? <laughs> Instead of just doing all this prayer, just ask the Lord, what, what is it? And then pay attention to what he says. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, sometimes God says enough of the prayer. It's time to do some action. Time to do take some steps. Like when when Moses and this is biblical. When Moses went to the Red Sea, oh Lord, what do we do now? And he's like, cross the Red Sea. I and mean, the army's coming. What are you doing? He's not praying and just cross the Red Sea. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's impossible. I know it's impossible. That's why we're gonna do it. You know, boom. So anyway, it's. So that was kind of awesome. That that's awesome. Yeah, it is. That, uh, God dealt. God spoke to her. Yeah. God. God wants to talk. He likes to talk. How do you know if someone that young is a seer or not? And Ooh, good if you question. Can, if you can truly trust that, or you know, how, how do you know that? You get a sense if someone's faking. Mm -hmm. Um. You get a sense that if someone wants their identity to be important. And so they like, okay, I had this ability too. I had a teenager in the youth group who um, who said that. I was pretty sure she couldn't see anything. Okay. Got I, it. That she was just wanting attention. Uh. Um, I give people the benefit of the doubt. And so when people uh, write into the website and they have, they have, they, they want ministry, I usually set up a phone, phone appointment and we, we talk over the phone um, because I don't really know. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I am better in person, not by email. Yeah, yeah. And so I and I can pray better in person you know, over the phone. Mm -hmm. So I, I just I give people the benefit of the doubt and and uh, and kind of go from there. And but I don't have a lot of people who fake it. Yeah. I, I you know that I have, I get a lot of people who say they want to see spirits. Mm -hmm. And so I get a lot of requests for how do I see spirits. <laughs> I want to be a seer, and every seer that I've that I've talked to say they say the same thing. You don't want to see it. Mm. You don't want to see it. It's terrifying. I don't know any seers who wish they could keep their gift. Really? They just wow. Yeah, they just don't. They've learned to live with it. They've learned to use it as a tool and ministry tool. Some of them don't. Some of them try to ignore it, but. 
Uh, and when people contact me and say, well, give me the three steps to become a seer. My advice is um, you can ask the Lord for a gift, but work in the gifts that you have. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what gifts you have, then volunteer at your church to clean the toilets. That's a- Do something glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> volunteer to rock babies in the nursery at your church. Mow your neighbor's yard. Do something really glamorous because we're supposed to be servants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Lord gets to decide who gets what gifts. We can ask, but sometimes the answer is no, I'm not giving you that. Are you kidding? I'm not giving you that gift because mm-hmm. God knows better than we do. Like, look what you did with the gifts I gave you. You completely screwed up your finances, you know, or something, you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man, yeah. These are some of my issues, right? We, we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had someone write and said, well, I completely screwed up the ministry I had. And uh, uh, so I feel like I've, I've lost. God's not going to trust me with anything else. I'm like, well, you have your family. Right. Minister to your family. Start with what you have. Yeah. You know, and surrender that. And, you know, I, I have a hard time with celebrity Christianity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's again, we talked about that earlier. And so like, why do you want to be a seer? I, I just yeah. want to, you know, have this really cool superpower. It's what it, they're not, they don't say that, but that's what they want. So Doug, yeah. do you dif- <laughs> differentiate between a seer versus a person who's had maybe like a spirit of discernment? Just, um, yeah. Is that, uh, is that a different thing? Good question. Yeah, yeah. I So I call some, I use seer, I use that word a little bit offensively on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. a lot of Christians, I'm trying to like stir stuff up when mm-hmm. I say that. Okay. But a seer is just someone who sees spiritual things. Spiritual things. Maybe they see it very clearly all the time. That's not very many people. Maybe they see it occasionally, you know, <clears throat> and that's a lot of people. A lot of people can see more than we think, like three or four percent of the population. I mean, a lot of people have this ability, and it, it is a gift that people have. Sometimes they get it when they get saved. Some people are just born with it. Sometimes it fades over time. I think I think their their brains are wired a certain way where they pick up spiritual things, um, but our Western lifestyle numbs out our ability to pick up to keep being sensitive to spiritual things, and so over time it fades. Other people, it doesn't fade at all. They wish it would fade. They can't get it to fade. Mm, um, it's just someone who sees spiritual things. They, they just see it. They, sometimes they see, I was doing a, I was at a youth conference where I was teaching healing prayer. And, and uh, I had someone come up who was in pain and I was demonstrating how to pray for healing. Healing prayer, healing comes or it doesn't. We just get to cooperate with the Lord. And if he heals, he does. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And that's just, that's it. There's, we don't try to find reasons why we don't get healed. But we can follow a a, a, guy, a step steps on how to pray for healing, and uh, in the prayer, uh, the Lord revealed to me that this woman had been stabbed in the back um, oh. at work. Okay, figuratively. Oh, oh, gosh, gotcha. Figuratively, <laughs> and and she had some unforgiveness related to that, and the healing was tied up with the unforgiveness. So in my prayer, I just said, I was I was just praying. I. It just came to me. I'm like, you know, these you were you were shot in the back with arrows at work from some gossip. In the name of Jesus, I, I command those arrows to be to be removed and that you're you're in the spirit, your back be healed and 
that forgiveness comes, something like something like that. I don't remember what I said. So then I, I stopped and I asked the crowd, the students, all right, what do you see? Because usually when I ask, when God's healing, working on somebody, ministry, they have their eyes closed, they have their hands out. Usually they're swaying a little bit or maybe they're crying. And that's just like, just what do you see? Do you see the Lord doing something? And a kid rose his hand and said, yeah, what I saw when you said that thing about the arrows, I saw the arrows actually disappear. I said, mm. what? Like, oh, yeah. I said, wait, you saw arrows in her? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I see things. Oh, wow. And, someone says, and another kid said, I did too. I'm like, I thought you'd say she was crying because she was crying, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, see me after class. So, you know, I wanted to talk to them. Like, what else do you see? And um, so they see weapons. Isn't that weird? Isn't that wild? Yeah. Wow. That's wild. I, I, I know someone who, like Jerry, he can see your secret sin. And it's, and he knew it. I was wrestling with a sin in my life when I was years ago in ministry. And I knew he could see it. <laughs> you know, and he just looked at me. He just loved me. And uh, he's like, when you want prayer for that thing, let me know. I'm like, I don't well, need prayer. I just unnerving. need to deal with it, you know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, Jerry, I just give me a big hug. Like, I know, man, I know. He, it, with him, he wears corrective lenses. And so hmm. when Jerry takes his glasses off and he looks at you, then he's like seeing with his spiritual lens. He's letting the spirit realm like flow. He, he, was, he, he blots it out. He puts his glasses on. It helps him blot it out. And Jerry, he's awesome. He's a, we, I, I interviewed him. I have an article on my website about it. You can look it up. And uh, we, we went to lunch. And I'm like, so you can like see things like right now in this room? He said, oh, yeah. I took his glasses off one round. He has a spirit of alcoholism he's dealing with. He has a spirit of anger. He's going through something in his marriage. You know, I'm like, man, how do you handle this? He said, it's very depressing. Wow. <laughs> very depressing. Wow. Because I just want to, go, I want to love him. You don't have to be a slave to that spirit of alcoholism. But how do you do that? Someone comes up to you and calls out, reads your mail you know, to you. It, it can be very off-putting. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Kind of reminds me of that. What's that? Um, that older movie with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper who had the glasses he put on. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, they, they live. They yep. live. Yeah. Yes. And you know that, that that's actually a great movie. Do you know it where is. they go to get their glasses? The church. The church. Yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. That, that movie's it's a cult classic. John, Ironic, right? John Carpenter, right? That's a, <laughs> I've so, come to chew bubble gum and. I'm convinced that the. <laughs> predisposition for people when they're born when they're younger like you said they have a lot less cultural influence a lot less things that are imposed upon them on their innocence of their spirituality yeah just being a creation of god to have that gift Mm -hmm. you know uh and i say that only because i remember when our first daughter was born it was right around the time that my father-in-law, my wife's father, had passed away. We were all grieving heavily from that. It's a traumatic thing, right? He, he passed away. Mm-hmm. He was very young. He wasn't even 50. died from diabetes. She was maybe like a year, a year old. She, was, she would be playing, and there were several times when she was playing with her grandfather. His name was Jim, and she would be playing with Jim with toys. And, you know, uh, one instance, you know, and I'm sure this is a, a common thing with a lot of people who are grieving or with children who may be grieving. I don't know. 
she was setting up tea for at, at around the table and then you know you couldn't sit here because that's where grandpa jim was sitting and she would see jim and and we all brushed it off at the time you know doug mm-hmm. like oh she's just a child she's playing it's her imagination that kind of thing you know she, obviously she doesn't know what grief is cuz only we feel the hurt and grief but yet i wonder if in their innocence if they see something that we don't think they can see. People will say, oh, well, no, when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. Therefore, mm-hmm. ghosts aren't real. Absent from the body and present to be present with the Lord, that is a very poor translation of that phrase. Mm. And modern translations don't, don't render that. It's in, uh, I think it's in 2 Corinthians. It's one of the Corinthians. And... And the context of that phrase is not talking about what happens when you die. It's talking about the, the resurrection. Mm. So we shouldn't proof text. We shouldn't take that phrase and use it to say, your, your kid saw a demon. You didn't see your, her grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard people say that. Like, you don't know what, you don't know what she saw. Yeah. The Lord can grant permission to someone to come say goodbye. Mm. Who are you? Who are we to say, Lord, Lord won't do that. Yeah. Lord can't do that. And I I know I've met several people who have, I I saw, I met someone who they saw the person is at a funeral. They saw the person in the, in the casket. And then they saw the person standing next to the casket. And you know what do you do with that? And they had, and that's what the seer wanted to know. What do I do with that? Nothing. Mm. You don't do anything with it. Don't talk to the spirit. You know, I the biblical uh, the biblical uh, um, guidance for this in the Old Testament. I got this from Doctor Heiser. He's awesome. He is. We in like the Old that Testament. Guy. I agree. There, <laughs> there was a law about how to bring a slave into your family. And in the law, you know, cause they had slavery and, and sometimes they could bring them into the family and they would be, they would be part of the family. Um, they have all the legal rights of the, of the family member. And there's two versions of the law in the Bible. The one version, the older version says you, you one of the things you had to do is you have to talk to the family ancestors and get their permission to bring the family to bring the slave into the family hmm. and then centuries later there's another version of the law that says no you 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 talk to god because what happened was in those centuries asking the family ancestor turned into family worship ancestral worship Got it. and so they had a revival in israel and they said yeah okay let's change that law bad law <laughs> it completely got distorted uh it's turned into something that was not meant to be turned into so let's just rewrite it and yes god mm-hmm. okay so that tells me that it was acceptable to believe that family ancestors were conscious after death and maybe visited the family 
Now, what they had, of mm. course, were little idol, little statues. We we have pictures. You have a picture of my daughter on the wall. Fine. Yeah. We have pictures. Back then, they had they didn't have pictures. They had little statues. I can't remember what, what the Hebrew word is for it. Um, but and over time, they became idols and they were being worshipped. And so Israel's like the the king eventually was like, stop it, stop worshiping the ancestors. But my point is, maybe, maybe Grandpa was visiting for a little bit, and God granted permission for a season. Maybe something else spiritually was happening. That, you know, maybe His presence was there for a while before it fades, yeah, into wherever it goes. We don't really know, right? Like we don't need to know. Yeah. The point is, I had someone who wrote in, and she said um, her father had just passed away. And over her bed was a picture of her, her dad. And it was like behind a couple other pictures, you know, on like on a, like a mirror or something, like shoved in the mirror. She came home one day, and that picture was laying on her pillow. The other pictures weren't. That picture was. Mm. Didn't think of anything of it. Just put it, put it back. Next day, it happened again. Hmm. And in the middle of the night, she felt like a very comforting presence. And she thought she was having a dream, but she realized she was coming out of the dream, had a comforting presence, and uh, sort of snuggling her in bed. And and she and she what was going on is there were issues with the will in her life. And so there was like family discord. And she told me that she 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 went had one point gone to the graveyard and to the gravestone and told her said dad i told you this was going to happen you didn't get your papers in order i told you this happen now our lives are a mess she told me i'm a christian i wasn't trying to pray to him i wasn't trying to i wasn't trying to do necromancy i'm like i know you weren't well i feel like it's my dad visiting me i'm like okay right maybe the father our father granted him permission to comfort his little girl because he left a mess. Mm. Don't pray to him. Just receive it. Receive yeah. the love. Don't live in fear. Yeah. Um, don't let it become a haunting. Right. Right. All right. And then, uh, and then, but then move on. Eventually it'll fade. And so I, it's okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's weird. the the Bible, <laughs> yeah, the, the the Bible itself even even says that you know the the saints pray for us, you know, it it says it right in Revelation. So I mean, it, I just because they've, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you know we should <laughs> seek comfort from them, but at the same time they're still participating in our struggles. They're still, you know, um. Just like, just like Gumby, if I was saying a prayer for you, they're still participating by saying prayers for us. Um, again, it, it says it right in Revelation. So, it, I hope my grandparents are praying for me. Yeah. 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 Of course, we can't let that turn into ancestral worship. No, not at all. Or, or praying to the saints, that sort of thing. We, we need to go to the Father through the, to Jesus. Um, yeah, it, it's... And it's hard for my little Protestant evangelical head. It's hard for it to accept that. Yeah. But I had to just understand that I didn't know everything about the Bible, and I read this scholarly paper about that that, that law that changed over time that I mentioned. And uh, I'm like, huh. And then when this woman came to me with this situation, her dad, that came to my mind. That paper came to my mind. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe this is that. 
Right. You know, and I felt like the Lord was saying, yes, this is that. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm so glad that I keep learning and that I have an open mind. Not so open that my brain falls out, but, you know, we, we, we're learning. <laughs> right. right, right, right. We're learning. And uh, not everything's a demon. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Some things are very, are very comforting. And that's some place that even some Catholics get wrong because it's, even though the saints and maybe even our relatives uh, are praying for us on the other side, and even though they can agree with their, um, with their relatives on this side, um, you have to realize that may be agreeing with you in prayers, mm. but it's not them you're praying to. It's still Jesus Christ and the Father. And that's, that's where I think it is misunderstanding sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We are seated with the Lord in heavenly places. We have unfettered access to the throne room. Yes. That doesn't mean, I know some people think they have throne room experiences and maybe they do. But I don't know what it means exactly. <laughs> I, I don't. But sometimes when I pray, I, I say, I am seated with you in heavenly places, and I really need you to, to move in this part <laughs> of my life, you know, or whatever it is. I, 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 we don't have to understand what it means mm-hmm. to pray it, you know. Yeah, agreed. But that it's also brings up, I, I don't want to pass this, this up either, Um you made a really good statement about scholarship in your Bible, because mm-hmm. sometimes, because we're 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 playing very heavily in experience so far in the mm-hmm. podcast, and that can't supersede good scholarship. And you made a really good point of that in your book, um, because as much as good experience leads us to things, we can't negate what we learn good scholarship our feelings can lie to us i I have people who say i have a check in my spirit i'm like that check in your spirit is is telling you to pay attention (laughs) like like our feelings lie i mean and sometimes like my daughter will say you know i feel like you're really angry at me right now i said well i'm not your feelings are lying to you you know and i'm like well i can't help how i feel i know you can't i know you can't but now trust what I'm telling you, you know? And so mm. it's okay to read things that we don't agree with. We might be wrong and what we're reading might be right. Right. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so I, I read things that challenge me because I might be wrong. Yeah. So I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not a credentialed, scholar i went to school went to grad school but in in history and not in theology so that's why i i look to scholars and uh, and read what they say read it critically you know and try to put it within a lens that is truthful and that lens involves the new covenant it involves the cross it involves the kingdom because, you know, if it, 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 and that's helpful to interpret the, the Bible. That's, that's a lens that I've, I use to interpret Scripture. That's why we don't apply everything in the Old Testament to us, because, you know, we're in a, we're in a new covenant. That doesn't mean, but we can learn so much from it. So, anyway, scholarship's important. We, there's an anti-intellectual strain in mm. 
too much of the church and, and Pentecostals. And I tell you, Pentecostal scholars are doing great work, but most Pentecostals don't read it. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. You know, yeah. and that's, I'm excited, you know, that, that Dr. Heiser's work is, is being embraced by leaders in the charismatic movement. Yeah. Because they have acknowledged they've missed the boat in some of their understanding. And so like Unseen Realm is being read at, at Bethel, for instance, Bethel Reading. Nice. And, uh, and leaders are leaders in the vineyard. Wow. That's huge. Are, are, yeah. Are acknowledging that, uh, we have an intellectual faith. Absolutely. It's not a blind faith. And and we can't go by feelings because our feelings lie to us. That's, that's why people can say, you know, a boy, someone with a penis can say, well, I'm a girl. I, I feel that way. <laughs> right. Well, your, your feelings are wrong. Right. Okay. And let's, let's deal with that. Mm-hmm. Instead of, so, you know, we can't, and sometimes our, you know, I feel people will say that all that they interpret scripture through feelings. You know, the Holy Spirit told me that, you know, uh, that the rapture is going to take place on uh, September 11th, 2012. <laughs> the Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. Right. You, your feelings, <laughs> might, you might really want it to be true. Yeah, it's because good. they're reaching out with the force. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I had it downloaded into my brain and no, you, you didn't. We might want something really to be truthful. You know, and like I, sometimes I pray for healing. I really want healing to come, and I, you know, maybe it's sometimes it just doesn't come. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. We have to acknowledge that God is sovereign, and we're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't have to have a reason. We don't have to understand. We're like ants. We can't understand God any more than an ant can understand us, right? Right. So that's why He gave us Jesus. So Jesus came, so we can learn about God through Jesus. Mm. Absolutely, through pure incarnation. It's awesome. He got, Jesus is a Jesus is a hundred percent truth about God, and he's a hundred percent truth about humans. Right. It's 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 a, a poor it's a poor analogy, but it's it's almost like like Gandalf, <laughs> right? Because because Gandalf was a Maiar, right? He was one of the yeah. first one of the original spirits of Middle Earth. Um, uh, powerful beyond reason, and yet took human form in order to communicate with the people of Middle Earth. That's a good analogy. <laughs> it's a it's a great analogy. I love Lord of the Rings analogy. I love. I'm re, actually I'm rereading Fellowship of the Ring right now. Um, yeah, great books. Some good Tolkien every couple of years or so. You know, I'm a huge Tolkien fan. I I admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I have a picture. Probably can't tell my my. Uh, Camera isn't great. My stream isn't great. But there's a picture of Galadriel back there, right? So, nice. oh, um, I have a, I have a. When I was growing up, my dad had all those Tolkien calendars every year. And since the movies, all the calendars are based on the movies, and I don't care for the. I mean, the movies are, were good, but I don't care for the artwork. Okay. I like the old artwork, you know, from the '70s and '80s. So I just recycle those calendars whenever, whenever I, it matches the year. You know, every year, those token calendars. Yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a token nerd. I'm sorry. Okay, so true story. Again, man, you're getting a lot of me tonight. This is probably another one I've never admitted publicly. So It's good beer. I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have tried. I have desperately tried 
to get one of my daughters named Galadriel. (laughs) (laughs) And so far, I have yet to have anybody agree Mm. to that being a good idea. But I really want a daughter named Galadriel. (laughs) What, What would you call her for short? See, we've gone we've gone back and forth. I, I think L L's good. L, right? Oh yeah, L yeah. Well, see, then you can also from a uh, uh, Stranger, Stranger Things, things right? yes, you know, right, right, <laughs> right. We we talked about Arwen, but uh, that we didn't we didn't go there uh, for our that, daughter. That's a hard short one. That's when when it would be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But see, you could L is a good short, right? But I know someone who named their uh, kids uh, Mary and Pippin. Oh, that's awesome. Mm, yeah. It's just plain awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a sci-fi geek myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, I loved I loved your timey-wimey reference inside the book. <laughs> Doctor Who, huge Doctor Who fan. Oh, me too. And <laughs> Yes. Air, hi- air high five. Uh, I was yeah, boom. I, I was talking about God's sovereignty and how He works in time. I'm like, don't try to figure it out. You know, it's like it's like trying to figure out. And I I quoted uh, something Doctor Who said in one of the stories about how times time. I can't remember now, but it's this is a great it's a great science fiction line and you know, God's Who- sovereignty and free will. Yes, Doctor Number Ten. Yes, <laughs> yes. The, the, God is sovereign and there's free will. How does it work? It's Time is like a ball of timey wine. You know, it's it's great. I don't know how it works. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out someday. But right. Well, we've had some serious discussions over that, haven't we? We have. Oh man, more to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of Tolkien, so in the Silmarillion, his he has a creation myth in in the Silmarillion of how Middle how God created Miller, and he he in a fictional way describes how you can have free will and sovereignty. And I couldn't tell you in a nonfiction way, but when I read that, I'm like, I bet that's how it works. You know, <laughs> it, it's like, that's, that's the power of story. That's why Jesus talked to That's That's why we have a great, so many great stories. The power of story can reveal truth. Oh, I'm, amen. Not, I'm not saying Tolkien nailed it, but you can see Tolkien was trying to figure it out. So maybe it's like this. And then he wrote out in his creation myth, um, you know, and that's what we do in stories, right? We try to figure out truth sometimes. Absolutely. Well, he, he was a staunch Christian. I mean, yeah. he's the one that led C.S. Lewis back to Christianity. So, I mean... Isn't that, a, isn't that great? Right. That's a great story. Yeah, he was. He was a, he was a, a staunch Christian. He got irritated that C.S. Lewis um, didn't become a Catholic, but, right. <laughs> you know, he, he led him to the Lord, you know, so... Yeah. You know, he led him to, uh, to Catholic light, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. It, it's it's kind of funny. That, what a great uh, what a great mind. Oh my lord! It's a there's a great. Have you ever gone on YouTube and looked at uh, C.S. Lewis speaks to uh, Tolkien? It's no. uh, there's a, a segment. I, I'll, I'll shoot it to you later. There's a okay. there's a segment on there. The BBC made a documentary about Tolkien, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this. Uh, I think it's a ten minute long. Uh, riff between the two and they're talking and uh, it is amazing to hear the discourse because it was described I guess by them later um, and the discourse between them it leaves me breathless and every single time I want to be reminded of what a true apologetic is 
I go back and I listen to that discourse because it, it's that good. Mm. It's, it's, their conversations are kind of like what we're having here. And, you know, around a, around, around a fireplace, had a pipe and a brandy, and they they just talked until three in the morning or something. They and, you know, their other scholar friends. Yeah. Right. Who, yeah. And they just talked and debated, and those are the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, those are the best. Yeah. I, I need to do more of that and less of looking at Twitter and getting upset, you know? <laughs> Well, it's funny. That's that's actually what uh, Gumby and I are planning to do. A uh, uh, big shout out to um, Conneaut, uh Was it Conneaut Sellers? Conneaut Sellers over in Pennsylvania. Uh, they made make a really good uh, bourbon, and it's uh, we'll be enjoying some of that and a cigar after this. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. And it's just it's one of those things where it's it's like one of those Tolkien moments, right? So we'll be sitting mm-hmm. around enjoying uh, the Conneaut bourbon and a cigar while talking about theology and its mm-hmm. relation to pop culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's a, a very smooth bourbon. I, I highly recommend it. But that's, that parlays back into this. And it's, um, I think the true apologetic is, is being able to relate our time and our story to the historical stories of what we gain from our own faith. Yeah. Mm. That's great. That's beautiful. We are part of God's story. He has a big, long story, and we get to be a page or two of it. Yeah. That, and that is, you know, our, our faith is historical, where it goes back to the beginning. I mean, how, however you think, how far, how that works exactly, but we get to be a part of it, and that's the best thing. And something about Christianity that. And here in America, and that kind of drives me crazy, is how self-centered we make it. You can have your best life now. You know, you can, um, what can God do for you? You know, ask not what <laughs> you can do for God. Ask what you God can do for you. And and this, you should become a Christian because life gets better. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's, he's the king, and we get to be part of his kingdom. And... It, our government, his government, is one of love and honor, and we get to be part of that. We get to be part of God's story. And you know, when I go to work, I get to be part of God's story there at work. And it, it's not what can I get out of it. It's it's he. I mean, another Lord of the Rings example. Okay, there, there's a story in Lord of the Rings. I think I, I may have even mentioned it. I was talking about what King kingship means because in america we're like king whatever you know we were rebelled against a king yay america <laughs> so we don't understand what it means to honor a king my family we've been watching uh, victoria on uh, pbs you know it's queen victoria and so we, we've been talking about what that means uh, a sovereign and kingship and monarchy and stuff but in, in, in lord of the rings there's a scene where um the king of rohan is writing is he has his head of his army and he's riding out to meet the enemy and and uh, they they run into a, a, um, a messenger from the battle that went very badly. The messenger doesn't know the king's there, and he's like, "You guys got to retreat. We're gonna lose. We, it's all it's a disaster. It's a nightmare." And you know, where's the captain at? Where's the captain at? And the king rides up, and captain's here, but your king's here. And the messenger goes like, "Oh, the king is here." Oh, now we're going to win, you know, <laughs> command me, Lord, you know, and there's love and there's honor. 
and, and like or the king's like well maybe we should go someplace else we're not gonna you know but mm-hmm. the fact <laughs> is that, that there's power in the king and there's that relationship of love and honor and it, that that, mer- that that servant wasn't you know what can you do for me king it's like command me he says command me what do you want to do and that's what we needed to do the king jesus command me you know Mm. And, you know, I, I, I joke. It's not really a joke. It's sincere. I hope he doesn't command me to plan a, a, another church because that's hard <laughs> and it's painful. But you know what? If he does, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's my king. I love him, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes sometimes he, he, he commands us to do things we don't want to do. I, I would agree with that. I, I think a lot of the spiritual warfare, if we call it that, has has been a not only spiritual but a physical manifestation against the kingship of Christ himself. Oh yeah. Especially against, you know, when I look at at a certain part of our history in the faith, the Russian Orthodox Church against the uh what's the what's the family that was in kingship there? Uh, yeah, well the Bolshevik Revolution was meant to wipe out the last of the the Romanovs. The Romanovs, yeah. And, you know, that was a, I kind of look at that as a very spiritual event, not just a political event or a historical event, but one aimed to really pinprick the kingship of Christ in Russia and to kind of wipe it out. The Russian Orthodox Church is one of the three pillars of that society. Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote a paper in college describing that when you took that faith element out, the new government that replaced it, tried to replace it with an atheist faith. Yeah. And it was vacuous. And that's one of the reasons the Soviet Union collapsed. Exactly. And, and, uh, anyway, that, this huge spiritual warfare. I I had, uh, my uncle was a missionary into Europe um, before the wall came down. Mm -hmm. And even after went into, ended up going to East Germany. He, He said that the prayer that went on, before that wall came down, before the collapse of the of the Iron Curtain, tremendous prayer went on, and and that never makes the news because we we live in a materialist society. Yep. But just that's what moves nations, mm-hmm. not elections. Yeah. You know, it, we have an issue in America. We have a spirit of rebellion because we were birthed in a rebellion. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, we our one of our flags was we have no sovereign here and it was the the serpent don't tread on me mm. right well that's a, that's that's equating the us with the the serpent yeah. in the so in america we we need to put off the spirit of rebellion and go to submission to the king not to the president you know and we get creeped out when we talk about loyalty to the president but we need we need to know that we got to be submit like you said i i love that more more i think about what you said going to be about rebelling against the kingship of christ it, it makes so much sense yeah um we yeah. we have an issue of rebellion in this country and we need to resubmit ourselves relearn how to think monarchically not to the, our earthly government but to our spiritual government because that impacts how we live absolutely yeah yeah it's another piece we, that I, I feel like uh also too that you know, growing up in, in my with my evangelical Pentecostal background, it's a piece of history that I wish I knew earlier on to kind of have a broader context 
of the church of of our faith you know i it you're talking about millions upon mil- tens upon millions of christians who were murdered you know absolutely uh, yeah millions oh you mean in the soviet union yeah well during the bolshevik revolution and, oh, and yeah. up to the con- yes up to up to the soviet state and but it's not something that is necessarily taught here or right. necessarily even understood in its full context I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that gets swept under the rug. You know, they make a uh, a reference to it in the history books, and then mm-hmm. pass it over. Yeah, yeah. But it was aside a from spiritual Ru- war. Aside from Russia just being our immortal enemy, right? <laughs> right. What's funny too, because if you think about it, um, religion plays a very heavy part of the Russian government, mm-hmm. far more than even our own. Our our leadership claims Christianity, but that Christianity is laden with the sin of the land. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 There yeah, are I Christians in our government, but that's about all you can say. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. And what does and, that mean? <laughs> and even then, and even then, I've, I've had arguments recently with uh, with the... Republican uh, mm-hmm. people that I know because they go forth and they 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 completely publicize how Republicans are Christian and Democrats yeah. are not, and it's like I'm sorry, you're wrong because you're right. I know that I know Democrats that are out there fighting for for pro life, fighting mm-hmm. for the rights of of people. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you you cannot tell me that a party is correct. Some people are correct, yeah. but neither party is correct. That's just simply nationalism. Mm. Some, in the in history of the church, when the empire, when the Roman Empire collapsed, all that was left was the Roman Catholic Church, which had to take up the reins of government, but it wasn't designed to handle it. Wasn't de- the Catholic Church wasn't designed to be an earthly government like that, and that's why you had so many issues uh, over the centuries. When when church when we should learn, Republicans should learn that you can't have a Christian government. It's not designed to be an earthly government, right? And so. You know, and I th- the 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 evangelical right needs to stop it. <laughs> start <laughs> start converting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's worry less about legalizing infant sacrifice, which is what's going on. Oh yeah, mm. sacrifice to Moloch. Let's, let's not call it abortion anymore. Let's not call it late term. Let's call it infant sacrifice. Let's not call it infanticide. Yeah. Let's just call it what it is. It's infant sacrifice. Sacrifice. In the name of convenience, yeah, for whatever reason, well, that's a god. Okay, let's just call this. Let's just say what it is. That's what they did to Molech. They sacrificed babies so they'd have an economic prosperity. Right. Why do people kill their their uh, their their babies? Because it, they're expensive, it's inconvenient. They have a better life without it. Okay. So the same thing. Same thing. It's infant sacrifice. So what if it's legal? If we convert everybody in the country. Nobody will get an abortion. Nobody will kill their baby. 
which is my right. My that's why my head is off to those Democrats who are standing up for the pro life, standing up for those who can't speak for themselves, uh, even more so than somebody who claims their party does. Hmm. Yeah, let's let's worry less about laws and more about lives. Ooh, that was good. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hear that? I, I, I heard I heard Doug Overmeyer for president. <laughs> less less about laws, more about lives. You, no. you better patent that uh, one. <laughs> that'd be horrible. Um to be a political leader in this country. Um, yeah. We we have a spiritual kingdom and it can transform lives. Mm. And uh the people who have aborted their babies, there's freedom, there's healing for them. There's healing for them. There's forgiveness. Yeah. And in some cases, we they need to go and they need to ask their baby for forgiveness. Yeah. And it'll be granted to them. Um, but let's let's cut that off by uh, converting them now. Loving, and that means loving them, loving the people who are unlovable. Yeah, that means relationship. That's scary. Yeah. Right. It is scary. Loving people who who aren't like us. Mm-hmm. Because that's what that's what Jesus did, yeah. right? We we weren't like God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, I've really enjoyed this conversation tonight, and I plan to do it again in the future, um, with hopefully with more of our co-hosts here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great for sure. Yeah, because this has been a great a great night. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And if you want to hold out, um, we'll talk sure. to just a few more minutes afterwards. Um, okay. But uh, Gumby, any final words? Doug, I really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you were a, a beacon to me for the evangelicals, Pentecostals out there. Uh, keep doing your work. I appreciate it. It's been Thank great. You. Uh, same thing. I've I've. Written Thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I've it's been more than a pleasure to bring you on board, uh, pull you into being admin. Um, I, I, I hope that's not too much on you. I hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, let's get some more activity there, guys. Yeah, yeah okay, absolutely. Right. And, and, yeah. and feel free to post whatever you'd like because I know it's going to be good, good material, good posts, good links, whatever it is. I know it'll mm-hmm. be great. So post whatever you want. We'll let you have the last word. Yeah. Let me just let's speak a blessing over you guys. Amen. Okay. All right. Hey, God, Heavenly Father, thank you for beer. <laughs> uh, you gave you gave wine to make the heart merry, and uh, you want us to have an awesome, enjoyable life now. You've given us eternal life starting now, and someday our, our physical. Our physical uh, reality will will catch up to what you've already declared in the spirit. God, I thank you for that. You're awesome. Thank you for our new friends. I ask you for a blessing for this podcast and over their family. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. It's awesome, Doug. Gumby? All right. There's nothing taboo over root, man. <laughs> And again, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to catch us on Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If it's on social media, we're probably there. (laughs) Thank you again, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Hey, thanks, guys.